Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you ever started baking only to like realize halfway through the recipe that you don't have some of the ingredients you need? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So... I think baking is really scary for a lot of people and they get like super freaked out about it. Um, and so I feel like my job is to be sort of a guide through the process and to, because like I've made all the mistakes, I've made the mistakes so that you don't have to. Um, and I hope to give people more confidence. Welcome to How To. I'm Charles Duhigg. Do you remember the early days of the pandemic when everyone seemed to be baking all of the time? Sourdough. Who knew how many people love sourdough? And yeast. You would go to the grocery store and there would be no yeast left on the shelves. Everybody was baking. Oh, yes. I have been baking up a storm ever since everything has started. This is Daniel, a podcast producer at Slate. And since the pandemic started, his kitchen has been going nonstop. I've baked like four different cakes that I ended up freezing and then throwing most of them away just because I did it for the activity of making cakes. And I've made like cinnamon rolls over and over again. Daniel's turned to baking as a comfort activity, but you can only cook the same cinnamon rolls so many times. So he started experimenting with more complicated recipes. I think the weirdest thing is pistachio buns because (laughs) I had to soak and peel uh, like 12 ounces of raw pistachios. And luckily I made it through somehow. And was it good? Oh yeah, I was thrilled. But it's also easy to get stuck in a baking rut or not know what new thing to try next or feel frustrated by shortages at the grocery store. I feel like I've just baked all of the normal things. I'm like familiar with the normal flavors and I love sweets, but I just want to break out of maybe just like the sweet spot that I'm in. So we turn to Claire Saffitz, who you may know from her Bon Appetit video series, Gourmet Makes, where she takes a favorite food from our childhood, like Twinkies or Pop-Tarts, and she deconstructs it and attempts to recreate it with a gourmet flair. Before we can make our own Twinkie, we have to know what a Twinkie really is. In essence, a Twinkie is a snack cake that is filled with cream. I think it needs a little more time, and I overfilled them. Okay, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. But what do you do when you have the ambition to soar in the kitchen, but you don't have the supplies? Well, Claire has a delicious but simple recipe that only uses ingredients most of us already have. And you can cook along as you listen. And if you're missing something, don't worry about it. Claire has solutions. And besides, it's a pandemic. Who's going to complain? Stick with us. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. 
You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Okay, so what are we going to make today? So today we're going to make miso buttermilk biscuits. I say most people would have everything to make them at home already. Um, and it comes together relatively quickly, but it is, I think, a really interesting spin on a kind of classic American, you know, flaky buttermilk biscuit. Daniel, how do you feel about biscuits? I'm from the South, so I am a big biscuit, biscuit fan. Oh, no. Biscuit fan. Okay. Wait, this is me. Oh, I know. <laughs> now I'm worried. No, but it's I okay because not... I've never had a miso biscuit before. I have a complex about it, and I'm just really freaked out that I'm teaching a Southerner how to make biscuits. So, I, I'd be curious, like, if you could maybe help me figure out what if I don't have buttermilk? Mm. If I don't have miso or, yeah. I mean, they are miso buttermilk biscuits. There's like only five <laughs> ingredients to start with. So if you're missing a couple, <laughs> then we might be in trouble. But I think that the thing about baking is like, yes, there are rules. There are techniques and procedures you have to follow. But once you know and understand them, that's when you can start to break the rules a little bit. So we can talk about those okay. moments and troubleshooting. Um, and I definitely have miso, um, but... I actually don't have buttermilk. They were out of it at the store, so. Talk to me about the dairy that you do have. Whole milk. Okay. Ranch dressing. <laughs> I, I have I have butter. Any yogurt or no? I have a Greek yogurt. Okay, all right, we can definitely work with that. So the important thing about buttermilk is that it is acidulated. You know, there is acid in the buttermilk. It basically never goes bad. And that's, I think people get really freaked out about things spoiling. Um, I do have vinegar too, if I need to throw any of that okay. in Okay. Um, all right, I think we should be okay. You're gonna start with whole milk as a base and we're gonna add in a little bit of the yogurt for the acidity, you know, and the natural cultures that are in the yogurt. And then we might even add a little bit of, uh, do you have lemon juice? Skip that, we'll use vinegar. Okay, so. You basically seem like like the Walter White of, of cooking from my perspective. Like, Perfect. I'll introduce myself that way yeah, from now Claire on. Claire is the one who bakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. We should say at this point, if you're baking along with us at home, go ahead and set your oven to 375 degrees Fahrenheit. All you'll need for this recipe is buttermilk, or, or like you heard something similar, and just a few other ingredients. Butter, sugar, all-purpose flour, baking powder, baking soda, and miso, which is Japanese soybean paste. And if you don't have miso, that's totally fine, because Claire says you can substitute slightly less soy sauce, which you probably do have. You can find the entire recipe for the biscuits in our episode show notes online. And if you're not in your kitchen, that's okay too, because Claire will talk about how baking can reduce your anxiety and improve your life. This is a great recipe, I think, for quarantine because it's pretty like instant gratification. You know, it's like, you don't have to do an overnight rise in the fridge, you don't have to wait for anything to rise. In less than an hour, you have these like delicious flicky biscuits that are best enjoyed hot, but can be rewarmed and enjoyed you know, for several days. Oh, and you'll need one small and one medium mixing bowl, measuring cups, and a rolling pin. If you don't have a rolling pin, I always tell people they can use uh, a wine bottle. It doesn't work great, but it works well enough. Okay. 
All right. Uh, Daniel, are you ready? Should we start? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Great. I have normal buttermilk, so I'm going to start measuring that out. So you need one and a quarter cups. Let's first make your buttermilk mixture. I think you should do a quarter cup of Greek yogurt and the rest whole milk, and then maybe add in, just for good measure, a half teaspoon of white vinegar or whatever, whatever kind of vinegar you've got. It's looking buttermilky. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so if that's good to go, let's do the miso next. So this recipe uses a full half cup of miso, which is quite a lot. That's me so much. It's me, it's me so much of miso. Um, <laughs> you know, keep that humor, because sometimes you need a little bit of that when like things don't turn out. Well, when did you first think, like, maybe I should put miso into biscuits? Because I've never heard of miso biscuits before. You know, it's a very close cousin of, like, a cheesy biscuit. Miso has that yeah. kind of cheesy flavor. And so um, I love the kind of challenge of baking with something so salty. And I made it and thought it was delicious. Well, and I think, like, with the buttermilk and the miso, these are definitely very cultured biscuits. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Gotcha. Just keep, I, keep Daniel, them coming. You're killing it today, man. <laughs> Once you have a smooth buttermilk miso mixture, this can go back in the fridge while we prep everything else because we want this to be cold. And so, you know, a lot of baking is about temperature and controlling temperature. So also speaking of cold, I'm going to now move to cutting up the butter. So Daniel, you have your two sticks of cold butter, right? I got them. So now we're going to cut these into half inch pieces. The size is not super, super important. We just want to break down this butter into smaller bits. You get all those nice little squares. I know, I love, I, yeah, the uh, the sort of perfectionist in me comes out in these kind of kitchen tasks. At this point, Claire puts her perfect little butter cubes in the refrigerator with the miso buttermilk mixture and then grabs a bowl for the dry ingredients. So now we're gonna build all of the dry ingredients in here and then this will be the bowl where we put together our biscuit dough. So let's start with the flour. We want three and one quarter cups all-purpose flour. By the way, this is totally new to me. So Claire, I'm watching you I, and what you're doing, what I usually do is I take the measuring cup, I just plunge it into the flour container and like scoop up as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And Daniel's shaking his head like, clearly I'm an idiot. <laughs> so so what you're doing is you're actually using like a little, a little like um, shovel mm -hmm. to pick up the flour and put that into the measuring cup. Yes. Flour is one of the most unreliable volume measurements in all of baking. So that's just a means of getting a very, very consistent cup of flour where I'm not like overly compacting the ingredients in the measuring cup. Um, okay. And then we are going to add to that a little bit of sugar. So just one tablespoon. Because sugar like salt is a flavor enhancer and it also will encourage browning because we want like really nice, beautiful brown biscuits. We do want to add our lemoning, a tablespoon of baking powder, and now just a quarter teaspoon of baking soda. Yep. Okay, so let's grab our butter from the fridge. The first thing we're gonna do is smash that butter into our flour mixture. So I'm watching you, Claire, and you're literally just taking your cut up butter and, and you're just dumping it into the bowl with all of the dried ingredients. Mm -hmm. It goes right in. We want the butter to stay as cold as possible through this process, so like speed becomes a factor at this point. I'm just scraping the butter into the bowl. So I am taking the individual pieces of butter in my hands, and I'm using my thumbs to smash and flatten the pieces of butter until they break apart into smaller pieces. So what you end up having in the oven is like layers of dough and 
butter and dough and butter all kind of stacked. And it's having those separate layers that's gonna create that flaky effect when that water content of the butter turns to steam and creates a little bit of a lift and separation. Okay. But to that point, we should get to the next step, which is working in our liquid. So Daniel, you're, you're good, you're ready to go? Yep, I got it out of the fridge. Okay, excellent. Daniel, are you sure you don't wanna like teach me how to do this? Because like you probably watched your mom do it a million times. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like no, Celine you got it. This I'm, to you. I'm following you. Okay. Please. All right. So I make a little well in the center. Um, and then I can just scrape in that whole buttermilk miso mixture. All okay. In. So you're pouring it all in the whole buttermilk miso mixture. Yep. And now we basically want to work this into a, a fairly shaggy, but also evenly mixed dough. So because we want this to be tender, I want to try to mix as little as possible. So now I'm switching to a spatula. And my technique here is to basically just fold the mixture onto itself a few times. It, yeah, it feels like it feels like I'm tumbling my laundry yes. or something. <laughs> it like. is in the dryer drum right now. Exactly. Uh, and now I'm just going to take my dough and the bowl and just turn out the entire thing onto that floured surface. And I'm going to pat it down with my hands into a square that's about like between a half and three quarters inch thick. You can just sort of eyeball it. Um, so it's it's like Play-Doh. You're like making like a Play-Doh square yes. of all the dough. Yes. Next, Claire and Daniel cut their dough into four sections and they stack those sections on top of each other, kind of like in a in a tower. Then you roll out the dough until it's about half an inch thick. And the key here is to not put a lot of pressure on the rolling pin, because again, you're trying to keep those crumbled pieces of butter intact so that when they melt, they leave these air pockets inside the layers that make the biscuits flaky. You good, Daniel? I'm ready. I, I, I dropped my tower for a second, but I recovered. Excellent. Okay, and now it's right, we're ready to cut our biscuits. So we make 16 biscuits. So, so you, just, you just have your sheet there, you put the parchment paper down, and mm -hmm. now you're just placing the biscuits on the parchment. Mm -hmm. And then is that it? Are we ready to put it in the oven? You could, but I sort of do an intermediate step where I chill the biscuits real quick, just as okay. an insurance policy, like maybe the forming took a little bit of time or, you know, you got distracted or, you know, your mom called and everything's getting a little warm. I just throw it back in the fridge, even the freezer, if you have the space to rest for a second and firm up um, before I bake. As your dough is chilling, melt half a stick of butter. Then after a few minutes, grab your biscuits out of the fridge and brush the melted butter over the top of them. And you can sprinkle a little black pepper over the top too, if you want. And then it's finally time to pop them in the oven for 20 to 25 minutes, or until the tops of them are golden brown. And while we're waiting, we're gonna talk with Claire about how baking kind of saved her career. So stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. 
The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with Daniel and our baking expert, Claire Saffitz, author of the new cookbook, Dessert Person. And Claire says her love of food started when she was about five years old. Both of my parents are phenomenal cooks, and my dad was making linguine clam sauce, and he was frying sliced garlic and olive oil. And I remember as like a very, very young child smelling that smell. Um, and I remember even then thinking to myself, wow, there has got to be no better smell in the world than this smell. And I still think that that's true. And I like give my little five-year-old self a pat on the back from, from being right about that, that feeling. And though she liked cooking, she didn't really seriously pursue it until after college. And I was sort of a, a lost, adrift, like, you know, college grad um, living in New York, not having any idea what I wanted to do, kind of bouncing from like internship to internship. And all I wanted to do was cook uh, and bake. So Claire shipped off to a culinary school in France and eventually found herself back in New York testing recipes at Bon Appetit magazine. Then one day, the video team nudged her in front of a camera. Oh my God, no, pathetic. Okay. Oh, chiffon cake, God damn it. Start over. Start over. Oh. I think you did a better job than I thought you were going to... Oh, no, thanks. Thank you. Because it's a tricky one. I like being underestimated. And that was sort of where Gourmet Makes started, and it became this huge YouTube hit. You know, I really, I learned to like the show in the beginning. I hated it, and I thought it was totally pointless. Um, But eventually I learned to love it because it was about the intersection of creativity and problem solving. Well, and one of the things I love most about your videos, Claire, is that you... You make mistakes along the way and you kind of like you, you, you immediately fess up to the mistakes, but you explain what the mistake was. Yeah, I, do. I think it's important to show that that happens all the time. And I grew up on the kind of glossy food shows where, you know, you have like a, a recipe and it's a straightforward presentation of that recipe and it 
you know, by the miracle of TV, there's a swap and it comes out perfectly. And like, that's not what it's like to cook at home, you know, in, in, in yeah. anyone's kitchen. So I think it's really important to show that like sometimes my stuff doesn't turn out either. Well, and something that I think your show really helped me with is that like, because of all of your failures and yet your like willingness to just figure out what went wrong or keep going has kind of made me more adventurous. Like I got really into like sugar cooking and like was able to make marshmallows and things like, and uh, just kind of made it less scary. Just made me like willing to try them, even if I was going to mess up like you did. I think cooking and baking has made me better at facing my fears in other realms because I sort of force myself to like do things that feel scary in the kitchen, like makes you feel like a lot more powerful and in control. You've described yourself as kind of an anxious kid and, and you, you've said that you, you always needed to follow the recipes perfectly. Did, did learning how to bake and going on video and, and making those mistakes on, on video, did that help you stress less and get used to being more comfortable in the kitchen, you think? I think it did. I think when I started to give myself permission to mess up on camera, and then I saw that other people gave me permission to do that also, that sort of reinforced that feeling that it was okay. And now I like love the things that are imperfect about the desserts that I make or the, or the recipes that I create. Hold on, I just want to take a quick pause. Daniel, how, how's sure. it smelling in your kitchen? Uh, I it smells like so good. Great. I, right? I just keep taking a deep breath. It's the best. So I just did a little 180 degree uh, rotation of the pan for even baking. It just looks like some of the butter is leaking out of my biscuits and it's kind of, there's some like pools of butter around. Should I be worried about that? Don't be worried about it. That's sort of normal. That butter also will help the bottoms get super golden brown. So don't, don't worry about it. So why do you think so many people are intimidated by baking? I thought a lot about what is intimidating about baking. I think the reason why people feel that way is because like baking happens in an unseen environment. You put something in the oven and something happens and it comes out transformed and there is something. Mis so um, baking yeah. is like cocooning. I'm thinking about that one. Cocooning. <laughs> uh huh. Sorry. I, I can't. I'll, I'll biscuit it out. I promise. <laughs> No, 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 we love it, we love it. We love some more than others, to be honest. But, <laughs> but keep it, look, like like Claire said, you gotta keep on experimenting, man. You only you only get the best ones. Exactly. So, so okay, so so Claire, one other question before, before these biscuits get done. Mm -hmm. So, like one unfortunate thing about this holiday season is that a lot of us are gonna be eating alone. What's the comfort food recipe that you think folks should try that gives them something to look forward to. There can be a certain tyranny about tradition. Like you have to do it the same way every year. And this year, nothing is the same. And so I sort of feel like leaning into that idea, which is just to say that I think it's a great opportunity to satisfy any craving that you have. Like I had meatloaf on Thanksgiving because I just really like meatloaf and I hadn't had it in so long. And that just felt like the most comforting thing by not having to cook all of the standards, you know, and so I can cook whatever yeah. I want. If you want to eat caviar potato chips in your sweatpants, do that. By the way, I'm pulling my biscuits out because I need to be done. Oh my God, um, these look so good. Oh my gosh, Ooh, delicious. these look amazing. 
So the so the biscuits are like golden brown. They I can see like the different levels, like mm -hmm. where they've like puffed up mm -hmm. and they've gotten like super flaky. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, they look beautiful. They smell so good. Does it smell kind of cheesy or at least like very savory in your kitchen? Yeah, it does. I definitely get just like the umami sniff. <laughs> So are you guys ready to uh, take the, the first bite of your biscuits? Yeah, I picked the one that I want to eat. I, yeah, I've had my eye on one specifically, too. <laughs> so on the count of three, ready? Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous mm. watching you guys. Oh mm. my goodness. I should say, it's kind of cheating because they're warm. And like anything <laughs> warm out of the oven is delicious, even if later on, once it's not warm, it's not very good. So, but they are so good. I, I'm in love. I mean, the mm -hmm. layers are beautiful. Like, they're just peeling up perfectly. Like, yeah, it's like an accordion. You're just like pulling that thing up and it's like a accordion. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I think I know what I'm doing this afternoon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Claire. I really enjoyed this, this lesson and getting to talk to you. This is a lot of fun. Next time we'll be here for your stand-up. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> this was really fun. Thank you for indulging me as I taught you, the Southerner, how to make biscuits. So, hey, they're the best um, biscuits I've made in a while, so you definitely taught me something. All right, that means a lot to me, so thank you. Thank you to Daniel for letting us into his kitchen and to Claire Savitz for her fantastic and delicious advice. You should definitely look for her book, Dessert Person. And we'll post a full version of Claire's recipe for these biscuits in the notes for the show and at slate.com slash how to. Do you have a problem that needs solving? Or are you just hungry and want more recipes? Well, we can at least help with the first one if you send us a note at howtoatslate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And we might have you on the show. And if you liked this episode, check out How to Cook One Perfect Meal, in which New York Times super chef Sam Sifton helps a 20-something bachelor pull together the perfect dinner to win back his ex. Does it work? Does she return? <laughs> You can find the answer to that and all of our other episodes for free in our podcast feed. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen and Rosemary Belson produce the show, and Merritt Jacob is our engineer. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown. June Thomas is senior managing producer, and Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcasts. Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director of audio. Special thanks to Sung Park and Maggie Taylor. I'm Charles Duhigg. Thanks for listening.